everyone, and welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. And we are one of the most viewed and listened to podcasts dealing with uh, addiction and recovery anywhere. Uh, I'm Randall Carlisle. Rachel Santizo is my co-host. Good morning, Rachel. Well, people may be watching this at any time of the day. So hello, Rachel. Hello, Randall. But anywhere that it is, it is Friday. So TGIF as well. There you go. What uh, you have a logo on your, what is it? A sweatshirt, a t-shirt? What? Yeah, it's a sweatshirt and it's addiction advocates. So we had Billie Jean on the show prior and they go out to the streets and do laundry and help our homeless friends. And so I am representing them today. All right. Well, welcome to all of our viewers from all around the world. Believe it or not, uh, we keep joking about, but we do have some some dedicated listeners and, and viewers in Russia. And I told you about that before, Rachel, and, and there's one guy named Igor who has gotten a hold of me and he, he wanted to take you out on a date when he comes to the U.S. So I have given him your email address. So let me know when he gets a hold of you, okay? I will, I will. <laughs> we are available. You can watch us on YouTube uh, and listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeart. And we would encourage you to subscribe uh, to the podcast so you're uh, aware every time we have a new one coming out. Rachel, there is a serious crisis going on right now. I, I don't know whether you heard about it or not, but just real recently, the CDC issued a health alert network advisory uh, saying that drug overdose deaths have soared to the highest number ever recorded in a 12-month period. 81,230 drug overdose deaths in the U.S. in the 12 months and in May of 2020. And the largest spike came after the COVID-19 public health emergency started. Any idea that what, you, you and I both know people who have died from overdoses in our recovery community. Why do you think it's so bad right now? Um, I feel it has to do with COVID. Um, COVID has brought a lot of pressure um, and things to our population. And so from employment to housing, which is already huge barriers for individuals, um, for a lot of individuals in recovery. And so not having the, the ability, even more so with COVID has really fed into the mental and the emotional um, distress when you're dealing with addiction on top of it. And so I'm not surprised by those numbers. I'm saddened, but I'm not surprised. Right, and a lot of it has to do with fentanyl being in, being put in all the drugs that people are consuming. Right. Even pot, I heard that, there, that, that some people selling illegal pot are putting fentanyl in that. The good news though in all this is that Utah had a slight decrease in that same time period, even though the rest of the country was pretty bad. And the big reason for that is because of Dr. Jen Plum and Utah Naloxone. And so many people are, 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 are saving lives because they are equipped with naloxone. So kudos to Jen Plum. Yeah, thank you, Jen. I mean, she's a hero among us for sure. So, so if you're watching, and you know anybody in recovery or anybody who even has a prescription for an opioid pain pill or anything else, if you, if you, you should get some naloxone, Narcan, whatever. Uh, right. You whether can get it anywhere, right? Absolutely. Or you could go to utahnaloxone.org. 
but also even if you're not, if you don't misuse the prescriptions, other people might, there might be accidental overdoses. Like everyone should have this in their house, regardless if, of any type of like stigmas um, attached to it, everyone should have it. Well, and I remember we, we handed out some free Narcan kits a while back. And I remember this old couple coming in and I always, when I think of somebody who's going to overdose from heroin or, or whatever, oxy or whatever, I think of younger people. Uh, and, and I asked the lady, I, and I said, why, why are you coming in? And she said, my husband has a prescription for oxy pain pills, and he also is somewhat forgetful. And so I'm concerned that he may take his prescription the way he's supposed to, but not remember that he had and perhaps accidentally overdose. So I want some Narcan around uh, just in case that happens. Kudos to them. That's exactly yeah. what we're talking about. Or even say if you're driving somewhere and you think someone's overdosing, you see somebody around, you can give them naloxone and it will not affect them in any negative way except for reverse and overdose. It's a very powerful medication that only affects if there's an overdose. If not, it will not harm anyone, any age, any animal, you can give it to anyone. Okay, I'm waiting on the edge of my seat for whoever our guest is today. And you've, you've been selecting them lately. You've done a great job uh, to introduce our, our guest. Oh, I'm so excited about this, Randall, because in, in our population, there's so much talent in it. Um, and so when I get to see people in their element of who they are, there's something super magical in those moments. You and say, so when, when you say in our population, you're talking about the recovery community, which recovery. is a big community in Utah. Absolutely. And which is, which is my population and my people. So Mine too. I like to, yeah, I like to own that and I'm okay with that. <laughs> and so among my population, um, there's just so much talent out there and there's creative arts and expression. And so I am so honored to have Benjamin Builder back on our show today. And he's going to show us exactly what I'm talking about. There he is. What's going on guys? How are we today? Hi, Benjamin. Okay. okay, so I'm just going to start out. So you, I heard that you rap and you have some talent. Yeah. And you go by Think Benjamin. Yeah. So before we even get into it and hear any words from you, I'm just okay. going to call you out and I want to hear what you're working with. Okay. Um, I mean, so right away, I'm, I'm doing a lot of things musically right now. Um, you know, I, I have features with major touring artists. Um, I have a distribution deal with a major label um, and we're in the process of taking that next step. Uh, but yeah, I can definitely show you some, some unreleased music. Do, do you want me to just, you know, freestyle something on the top and give you something Absolutely. like that? I want to um, so this is something that I just recently wrote. Um, so I went through a breakup like a year ago. Right. And uh, so for me, like when something like that happens, right. I, I always turn to music for some reason. Uh, so I guess this is, about that uh so here it is the butterflies in my stomach they died now i'm sipping red wine she's crying she's all alone deleted my number from her phone i'm on the edge of earth is life really worth all the pain and the hurt I'm better off in a hearse she putting on a makeup trying not to cry 
What am I doing contemplating suicide? I was down real bad before you and I went to war. Listen, I ignored your wish for more. Had dreams of tours, the lights and more. I forgot about our world and I couldn't take it. I was mistaken. I thought this is what I was asking for. But now I'll see when it was your love and I'm really fucked up. You were my missing touch and I'm back on drugs. My heart is missing the one that really gave a fuck. Mm, thank you. Oh, yeah. I love wow. Now, it, it, now, did I hear you at the end saying I'm back on drugs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like the ideation, right? The idea. I'm not back on drugs. I've been sober for about three years now. <laughs> yes. So going into that, it sounds like circumstances really played like a part in your in your music, right? 100%. And so I, there's a special phrase between myself and you, and it's shitty coffee and dirty floors. Uh, so I would love for you to explain what led you to that point and kind of explain that so you can paint the picture of how things were for you and then also how you got out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, so five, now I think six years ago, um, I came out here and I was here for about a year. Um, I went through a wilderness program in uh, southern Utah and then moved to Salt Lake City. I was at Balance House. And uh, I started recording, making music, getting, you know, interrelated into uh, Fitch Recover. Um, and that's the first time I really met Rachel uh, was through Fitch Recover. And right away, she's one of those people that, you know, no matter, no matter how my day was going, when I saw Rachel, it was kind of like one of those feelings like, all right, I'm going to be all right. You know, I'm going to be okay. Uh, that happens to me all the time as well. You know, we should explain what, for people who don't know, what is Fit to Recover? Yeah, so Fit to Recover is a nonprofit organization here in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, that is a that is a, a place that's dedicated to uh, curating a safe place for uh, people in recovery who deal with mental health disorders, dr drug misuse, substance abuse, uh, alcoholism. Have a safe place to come work out, be creative, uh, work on their nutrition, and give do service to their community. That's and the that's four pillars. Where you and, and you're involved with that, right? Yeah, so I, uh, I co-created the music program that we launched about two years ago. Uh, we serve about 60 people a month. Uh, we've remained open, COVID safe through COVID and whatnot, uh, through the pandemic, um, where we get together every Wednesday and Friday from 6.30 to 8 and uh, jam. There's no experience needed. You can have all the experience in the world, be a professional musician, um, or you can come in who's never played with a bongo or written a, a lick of music and have a fun time, right? It's all about just, it's, it's a disguise just to be present for an hour and a half with a group of people, right? Um, and that's what, we're, that's what we're doing. That's what we're producing. Um, and people are loving it. Um, people stay in our program and they stay sober, uh, which is huge. How, do, how does expressing yourself artistically, be it through through music or, or things like that, or, or maybe painting or anything else. How does that relate to recovery from addiction? Yeah, so for me, right, like uh, I'm one of those people that locks everything away deep inside of me, right? Like that's, that's how I was raised. That's how I grew up, the circumstances that I was in. I locked everything deep with inside of me, right? So when a therapist tried to knock on my door and was like, hey, we need to talk about these things that you've locked away, I shut down, right? That's just my natural reaction is like, I don't need to talk about these things, bro. Like that's the past, that's not right now. Uh, but that's not true. 
right? That's not how you effectively grow long-term and get into a new space. Um, and what I found was, I mean, through, through music, right? For me, and the, the thing that's worked for so many others that have come to our, our program is it's a disguised way of doing therapy. Uh, there's so many reports that are coming out recently that music therapy is five, six, seven, eight times better than the traditional sitting on a couch and talking about your problems because it's disguised, right? You listen to music every day, whether you think about it or not. Every time you get in your car, you listen to the radio. Nobody's driving well, nine times out of 10. You know, people aren't driving down the road listening to nothing. Um, and so right away, you can relate to that. So if you create a beat, right, organically with a group of people in a safe place that are all like-minded to you, um, and you start writing stuff down, all the time we see things come out where it's like their deepest, darkest secrets. And it's, it's whether, you know, if I was just to tell you one of my deepest, darkest secrets, like right here, right? Like, I'm going to tell you that I've, you know, done this, this, and this, right? And you, some, most people would be a little bit shocked, right? They'd be like, whoa, like he just said that on Zoom, you know what I mean? But if there's a beat playing and I tell you my deepest, darkest secrets, for some reason, for some weird, twisted reason, we think it's beautiful, right? And that's the secret that we've tapped into is we, we're giving people the ability to create a safe enough place where they can experience their trauma or experience their hardships or experience their highs in a safe, beautiful way. Um, it seems like when it comes to music too, you feel it, right? Because if there's a beat or there's something behind it, you actually feel it as well. Exactly. What led you, and what led you to this point? I mean, before, yeah. like when you, when you first came here and stuff, like how, how did you get here? Where, where were you just kind of minimal? And then how? Yeah. Like, what yeah. So um, I've always had a knack for making music, right? Um, I've always enjoyed making music since I was like 13. I've been making music. Um, and I came out here, uh, and this is rewinding earlier into our conversation. Uh, I, you know, started going to FTR and then the manager at Balance House said, because he would like always catch me writing music in my room. And he's like, hey, you know, there's a studio at Fit to Recover and you need a sponsor. And I was like, I was like, well, I don't really want to sponsor, but there's a studio at Fit to Recover. And he was like, yeah, you should ask Ian to be your sponsor so that you can work on your steps and go, get studio time. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go see what the studio is about. Yeah, because I really was like reluctant <laughs> to getting a sponsor for some reason. Uh, and I met this dude, Ian Acker, and right away I was like, Yo, I've been going to these AA meetings and all these old dudes are trying to like, you know, be my father and I don't want that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how I looked at like sponsorship. Um, and I saw these young- For you back then? I was 19. I was yeah, 19. so you were really young. I was a kid, yeah, I was a kid still. Um, I would like was in such a sheltered world prior to where I was just like doing terrible things but getting away with everything. So um, being out in this world and like, seeing all these old dudes that were trying to like get me to, you know, be this sponsor, I didn't want to do it. And then I saw Ian Acker 
You're, uh, you're insulting me, Benjamin. <laughs> Sorry, Randall. Today, I would love for you to be my sponsor. A thousand percent. I've matured a hundred percent. I'm one of those, I'm one of those old dudes at AA meetings. So yeah. And you really just wanted to have my back, which I, I couldn't, I couldn't understand. Right. Cause I didn't trust people, you know? So it was like, when I saw an older dude saying, Hey, look, I'm going to help right. you. I was like, yeah, whatever, bro. You know what I mean? Like I really pushed you off. Um, but now today, I would love for you to be my sponsor. Like, <laughs> my sponsor. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I, I saw Ian Acker and I saw how he conducted himself. Right. And he was playing loud rap music and I love loud rap music and had tattoos and was, you know, dope looking, was cool looking. And I was like, wow, this, this might not be as bad as I think it is in my head. So of course I was like, walked up to him and I said, Hey man, like I, I would really like for you to be my sponsor, but like more importantly, can I get in the studio? And he was like, he was like, yeah, let's just get in the studio. So we got in the studio and we started, you know, making music every Monday and every Wednesday. And then it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then it was like five days a week I was in the studio. Um, and Ian was that one person that kind of saw at first, um, saw my potential before really, you know, before these labels or before these marketing teams, uh, you know, now today they see it, but he was the one of those first people that really like was like, yeah, I have faith that you could do this music. You know, you can, you have the passion, you have the creativity and you have the consistency. Um, so I started making music and then this dude on the East coast hit me up on like SoundCloud and was like, Hey, I work for like a label. Like you can come live out here uh, your boy can move out there with you uh, and you can like, we can try and get you to start working and writing for the label. So I moved to New York, Rhode Island, Connecticut, Maine. I was living in all these different places. I was kind of like couch surfing and uh, just trying to make music. That was all I was trying to do. And so I left Salt Lake and I relapsed and I relapsed really, really bad. Um, I, that, you know, that saying where it's like, when you go back, it's like, you run 10 times harder. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exactly what happened. Um, I, I, I found myself, uh, you know, I, I woke up to my, uh, my ex-girlfriend, uh, my girlfriend at the time saying she's leaving me because I cheated on her. Um, I broke her heart super bad and I, I couldn't handle that. And, uh, cause I was taking so much Xanax and it doesn't excuse my, my, what I, you know, what I did, I absolutely take full responsibility for that. But, um, I was just on a series of blackouts every single month where I would what, black out for multiple days at a time. What, uh, what, what do you attribute your relapse to? Was it hanging around other people who are doing drugs all the time or what? Yep. It was, it was definitely not having a community of people that are like-minded. Um, I think I went to one AA meeting, uh, when I moved back to the East coast, um, and then right away, I was around people that were smoking weed and drinking and uh, drinking promethazine and taking Xanax and doing Coke and eating LSD. Um, you know, I, my circle had just like come right back to like how I was when I was eight, seven, 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, um, but just in different forms of people. Uh, so that for me was, a, you know, uh, a really, really, really traumatic period when my girlfriend left me and I didn't have a place to go. Um, and I called Ian, I called Ian Acker. That was the first person I called when she, you know, was said it's over. 
Um, and I called Ian and I said, Ian, I cheated on Emma and I, I'm going to kill myself. And he said, I'll call you back. He hangs up the phone. And I was like, wow, here's my free pass. I'm really, I'm really going to go send this, right? Like this is, I'm done. I'm out. Calls him back like two minutes later. He says, you have a flight back to Salt Lake City uh, tomorrow morning. And I never had felt like, uh, I've always felt love from people, right? Like I've always felt love from like my family and my friends, right? But like, it was like one of those love, like I felt love that like, that's like my, that's like my serious, serious, like angel. Like that's an angel to me. Um, that's someone that like really, really has my back. Um, so the next day I got on a flight back to Salt Lake and uh, that's where, that's where I, uh, I got super messed up um, on the flight and the night prior um, when I knew I was coming back to Salt Lake to go to treatment. I, got heavily medicated and uh, really, really drunk. And I woke up at Rachel's house. Um, <laughs> yeah, I woke up at Rachel's house in Salt Lake City. Um, how in the hell did you get, how'd you get from a plane to Rachel's house drunk? Yeah, yeah. so uh, Rachel and Ian Acker uh, both picked me up from the airport and I was smoked. I was done. Um, and I don't really remember that night, but I remember the morning because I was thrown up in, in Rachel's. Uh, it was like her sink and her toilet. And then uh, we smoked cigarettes and drank like two day old coffee that Rachel had out on her front porch. And like, I was like, this is it. I guess I'm getting sober now. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool that we can like laugh about it and look back, right? Because that's one of our pivotal moments. And yeah. I, I think that that's important to be able to look at. And it's kind of like, so the circumstances that you're in, because you've done music. I mean, like Broken Promises and Sunflower are some of my favorite songs, right? Oh. And like with futuristic and stuff like that. So it's like that environment, you came, you came back and got sober. And so but that exact environment is, I guess, safe to say maybe what caused you to relapse, right? And so now that you're moving forward and you're getting labels and stuff, how is that looking for you? What is your safety like? Or how is it different this time going into that? Yeah, so um, one thing that I've like made clear to my management team, so I have a, I have a management team in Nashville, in New York, and LA, and, uh, and here in Salt Lake. So Ian and Ian is kind of like a, he's kind of like my board of trustees. Um, so I've already explained to all of them, I will not be leaving Salt Lake City. Um, this is my home base. Uh, no matter what, I won't be moving to LA or New York or anything like that. Um, and if I am to travel uh, or get into a space where I have to collaborate with another artist in a studio, there's gonna be five or six sober guys around me. Um, I have a, a, a team of guys that work with my music that are producers, engineers, um, writers um, that are all in recovery. Um, so I've kind of built a team of people around me that are all in recovery that kind of have that same mission, uh, which is the think mission and, and make sure that we all stay safe. We all stay sober and uh, we make hits. People outside, we're all in recovery and we understand the importance of hanging around uh, people who are in recovery as opposed to the old gang that we used to hang around with. Yeah. Uh, explain to people why that's so why that's so critical. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, like I would never be able to get sober in the cities that I grew up in. Um, 
right? Because there's too many things that, it, you know, I'll get to the people, but it's more or less just like the things, uh, you know, like walking down the street whenever I'm back in Wilmington or I'm in Annapolis or New York, there's just flashbacks, right? Like I'll literally be walking down the street and I'll see an old bar and I'll think about the time that, you know, I got kicked out and got into a fight and, you know, headbutted somebody. And then it's like right away, I'm like, whoa, I'm triggered again. Right. And like, that's like where I'm at. Um, so you were, in it, Joe, you were in Joe Biden's hometown, Wilmington, Joe B Wilmington, North Carolina. Not Wilmington, oh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking Delaware. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought maybe he'd appoint you to the National Drug Council or something if you knew him. Oh, so one day. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, for me, it's just the places are too familiar for me. The beach for me as well. The ocean will always be my friend, but the beach itself, sitting there on the beach for me, is just kind of like a takes me back to so many days, so many nights that I sat on that beach. And it's just like kind of fills me with that, that feeling of like, ah, I feel dirty. Um, and then the people, right? Uh, the wavelength of someone who's in recovery and the wavelength of somebody who smokes weed and drinks or like, you know, does blow, whatever it is, their, their wavelength is just different. I'm not saying like all people that are doing, you know, smoking weed and drinking and, you know, occasionally doing cocaine is like a, they're terrible people. They're not. Uh, the normal people, um, you know, but our wavelength is just very different. Um, so the people that I surround myself, you know, surround myself around are people that are all extremely hyper-focused on creating business, right? Creating, whether it's, you know, Ian Acker is one of my best friends. I lived with him for two years and he's one of those people that I surround myself around because I want to mirror his business process, right? Um, and then like my producer, who's like a phenomenal beat maker, um, and like engineers a lot of my stuff, like he's just hyper-focused on music, right? So it's like, like I have like these, like, you know, few people that are all just like focused on the same exact thing and they're all trying to stay sober, right? So it's like, we can have that open dialogue that if I was to tell one of my like normal friends that like, you know, who I haven't talked to in maybe two weeks and I call them and say, hey man, I want to kill myself right now. You know, like a normal person would be like, whoa, who do we call? You know what I mean? Like, like, let's get you like help. And like a normal person, like, like my friend, you know, Ian, if I called him and I said, Hey dude, I want to kill myself. He's like, what are you grateful for? You know, it's like completely, yeah. you know, like it's just a completely different dialogue. Um, so I think that's important like to realize, like, if you are going to try and step into this recovery space, like get around people that have that like-minded, like feeling and like, run with it, like run with those people because that old way of thinking, one, you're going to feel like you're not a part of in moments, right? When you're not able to drink, not mm -hmm. able to smoke weed, not able to take LSD. Um, and then two, like if you're feeling like you have a resentment or like you're, you know, you're sad or depressed and everybody else is happy in the room, it's just going to make you feel like, and they don't know how to cope with, you know, you feeling that way, whether it be, I'm sad or I'm anxious. Somebody who's in recovery is like, I know exactly how that feels. Exactly. Right? So yeah. um, we're running out of time. How how can people access your music? Yeah. So you can find me on every single platform, whether it be uh, Shazam, Pandora, um, 
LinkedIn, <laughs> no, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, <laughs> everywhere. You can find my music, Think Benjamin, one word. So T-H-I-N-K-B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N, period. Um, yep. How about uh, one more rap uh, before we say goodbye? One more rap. Um, okay, what do you guys want to talk about? Rachel? Um, sunshine. And peace. Sunshine and peace. Uh -huh. <laughs> All right. I could tell that I wanted sunshine and peace, but God helps me see clearly and me and Rachel talking about cigarettes and coffee. Don't you dare come around me because I'm a bad guy. That's it. Yes. Hey, so Rachel, I, he's, he's drinking out of a Starbucks cup right now. You think the next time he... He ends up at your house. You could make a fresh pot of coffee as opposed to <laughs> no, old I'll, coffee. I have, to, I have to keep them down here, right? Because then when he gets the luxury Starbucks, it's like, oh, this is nice. But remember where you came from. <laughs> yeah, and I appreciate that. If, I, if I'm ever over at Rachel's house, I will obviously expect a day old cup of coffee. Absolutely. I got you. <laughs> and and that, was the, that was the first day of, of your recovery. Yep. That was, and it was my birthday. Wow. Yeah. How's, how's that feel, Rach? I, I can't, like, it makes, it brings me to tears because I've watched Benjamin and he's such an amazing soul that, like, um, it's an honor for me that I was even the one that he was able to throw up in my bathroom, right? That he trusted me enough to be in that vulnerable state and look at him today. And um, I can't express enough gratitude that I have for his courage and strength and just who he is as an individual. Very honored. Thank well, Benjamin, you've taught me something today. The next AA meeting I'm at, I'm going to, I don't know if I should reach out to a young person and say, Sonny, I'd like to help you stay sober. <laughs> Can I sponsor you? So. You should ask him, you should like look up like, this would be actually be funny if you like looked up like the latest hip hop album to release and be like, just walk up and be like, hey, you listen to that new Kendrick or like you listen to that. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Great advice. Yeah, that is good advice. <laughs> We're out of time. We want to thank everyone for watching. Benjamin, thank you and everyone who is watching or listening to this. And tune in again next week for another edition of Odyssey House Journals. Bye.